If you're interested to sign up for a trading app, you can sign up for Trading212 and hit me up for a referral because <laughs> then we both get a new we both get a new share. Welcome back to Two Pills in a Pod. I'm Jessica. And I'm Candice. And today we have a special guest. Welcome a special guest, Henry. Henry, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Hello. Glad to be on Two Pills in a Pod. Heard many good things. Just a brief introduction from my side. My name is Henry. I've been working in the commodities trading industry for about four years now. So here to talk about finance, crypto, and anything else, basically. All the fun All the fun stuff, stuff yes. <laughs> so um, as Henry has mentioned earlier... This episode is centers around finances. So we are going to talk about savings, investments. If you are interested in cryptocurrency or Bitcoins, please stay tuned because we will talk about that as well. And just all the good stuff about money and where to spend your money and where to save and what to do with it, basically. It can be very hard to look for information online because there's just so many information and you don't know where to start. Because for me personally, I have found it very hard and there's just too much information and it's hard to digest it. So that's why Henry is here today because he has a lot of experience in that department. That's why we've invited him. So thank you so much for being here. So um, Henry, I guess my first question would be, what would be your advice to a young person who is on their first job and getting their first fat paycheck? And what do you recommend them to do with their money? I think right off the bat, I think if you're just starting out, if, you, if you're just starting to, to go out in the, in the sort of work environment, it's very easy to be tempted, especially your first paycheck. That, let's, let's blow it all. Let's, let's get something, treat yourself sort of mindset. I'm uh, not saying that is wrong. Of course, I'm, I, I also fully support that. You know, it's your first paycheck. If you want to bring your, your family, your friends out for, for dinner or something, you want to get yourself a nice bag. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's also important to start, start young, start early about your long-term future. You've you got to look at where you want to be 10 years, 20 years down the line. Do you want to retire at 35? Do you want to retire at 45? Do you want to sit back until 65 before you get your pension? There's a lot of things um, you really have to think about. And personally, I would recommend start early and to sort of uh, analyze what kind of lifestyle you want in the coming decades and also more importantly how much risk do you have in investments once you have those sort of key answers on asked or answered then you can sit down saying okay this is where i want to be and this is how it's going to get me there and by doing this i have a step-by-step plan to see uh, the different investments I can make, the different sort of plan, financial planning I can have. And all of these will get me where I want to be uh, when I'm 45, when I'm 55, when I'm 65, etc. So when you say manage your risk, what do you mean by So that? many people, you know, especially since COVID, the, the market dropped uh, last March, last April. Everyone's talking about stock market because it, it was the in thing. And so it's so easy to invest in stock markets now. You've got commission-free apps, eToro, Trading212, everything, you know, you, zero commission. You sign up with minimum 10 pounds investments, some some even as low as one pound investments, and you can already jump in right away. And it's very new for, for many, many people. And problem is, it's so when things get so easy, it's easy to make mistakes. So you see your friends talking about 
uh, GameStop is, is the biggest example. You see your friends talk, talking about GameStop. You, you turn on the news, GameStop is there. And then you rush in. And that's when the, the FOMO culture comes in. And that's what really uh, burns a lot of people in the stock market is FOMO. So you mm-hmm. fear of missing out. And when GameStop was for $400, you still went in. Uh, you follow the hype, you follow the trend, and then it crashes down. And then your first in, your first experience in the stock market was so bad, it can actually sort of haunt you as, oh, this is not for me. I'm not going to invest anymore. I'm out. So it's important to get it right early on. It doesn't matter if you if you earn 1% a year, 2% a year, 3% a year. As long as you're still earning, it gives you that sort of self-motivation to continue putting more money and continue investing more into the market. So I think the first mistake is going into the stock market thinking it's going to make you a millionaire mm-hmm. or a billionaire like in, in one to two years. Yeah. But that's how the social media, media mm-hmm. are trying to portray, mm-hmm. like trying to get people to exactly. get into the stock market. And that's why there's a surge in retail investors because of the, the whole exactly the GameStop thing but they didn't see what's happening behind the scene like they didn't see Michael Burry manipulating all this and I think that's very important for people to not just look at the surface and not like you say it's it's very easy for people to make these mistakes but yeah yep and I would say if what I usually do is if you start having like your your mums and dads or even your grandmums and granddads talking about certain things such as like you know, GameStop or anything, stock market, it's usually the time to really sort of uh, think about if you still want to go in. Because I think it's not just GameStop. GameStop is like the the, the, the mm. in-trend now to, to compare. This happened exactly with Zoom back mm. in the day. If you remember March, April mm. last year, went from 50, 450, then it's crashed down again as well. So it's 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 with every sort of these hype mm. stocks. If you, yeah, mm. you got to be careful. So I guess as a beginner, what would you recommend? So for example, for me as a beginner, what would you recommend me to invest in? Is it better to invest in like a like a mutual fund? Is it better to invest in like a like a single stock? Like for example, if I put all my eggs in like the Tesla's basket, or do I do I have to like diversify my portfolio? That's a very good question. So I think just to be safe, we have to make a disclaimer first. So none of this is actual financial yeah. advice, but yeah. I would say this go. There's no right or wrong answer when it comes to mm-hmm. the stock market. So. So if you want to go all into Tesla, if you've done your research, you trust in Elon Musk, you think 10 years down, everyone's going to be driving Teslas. Yes, by all means, you can. But it comes down to what I mentioned earlier about your risk, your risk sort of um, appetite, your risk spectrum. Mm-hmm. If you do this, it means you're someone who's can have a lot of risk. You, you're happy with, let's take a gauge like a uh, risk level, one to 10, one being no risk at all. 10 being high risk, this would probably be around the 9, 10 spectrum, which is not wrong if, if you if you can afford that risk. Most people can't afford mm-hmm. that risk. Yeah. And it's very important before you start investing is, let's say you can only afford to lose $500. You can only afford to lose $1,000. Maybe you're very rich, you can afford to lose 100000 When you go into investment, you have to be prepared to lose every single penny mm-hmm. you have when you go out to invest. If you if you okay. can if you can lose that amount and it won't hurt you so if it won't sort of stop you from paying your rent you're paying your your car installments then yes perfect that's fine but if it starts happening like if you lose all your investments and start to sort of struggle to pay your bills etc then that's probably not your risk zone you're looking mm-hmm. for but another thing you brought up was interesting is the the mutual funds I would say if you're on the lower risk end of the spectrum so if you're mm-hmm. maybe risk one to four maybe then yes um i would recommend probably mutual funds having a look at mutual funds or etfs so a lot of people tend to ask what's the difference between mutual funds and etfs and they're basically the same so basically if you have 500 dollars, you can put it all in one stock so example tesla mm-hmm. or you can put it in a etf mutual fund which probably invests in you know 10 20 30 50 
different companies. So your 500 mm-hmm. is divided into those. What it basically means is it's a lower risk investment, but lower, lower risk investments tend to have lower mm-hmm. returns because yeah. out of the 50 companies, not, not all 50 of them will be rising and, or dropping at the same time. You spread it out a little bit. ETFs, you, spread you can... Spread the race across? Yeah. Absolutely. So ETFs, you basically trade on the stock market. You can buy from the stock market. So if you, if you're on trading 212 or eToro or whatever uh, app you're using, you can buy it off there. Mutual funds, you generally need to find a broker or a sort of brokerage house. It's usually more. Yeah. So it's, there's some slight differences, but they have the same sort of um, idea basically behind them. Okay. So I invest in S&P 500, but not on my own will, like my, my boyfriend asked me to invest in it. So do you think that S&P 500 is one of the safest entry level investments somebody can make from coming from somebody who has no background whatsoever in the economy or in the finance world? You think that would be kind of like your best bet or should I start pulling my money out? Um, that's also, I would say it's generally low risk. That's what's called a index investment. So you don't invest in any single company. Mm-hmm. You just track the index mm-hmm. performance. Now, I say it's generally low risk because if you look back 10, 12, 15 years, it's the S&P 500 has consistently grown. So your money mm-hmm. will grow over time. Even in the worst year, such as COVID or 2008, yes, it dropped. But on average, it's always outperforming most, most other investments as well. Um, there are other sort of examples. So I would say the S&P 500 is generally, if you're an investor, your benchmark mm-hmm. will be trying to beat the S&P 500. So if you can beat the S&P right. 500, generally speaking, you're beating the market. That means you're actually doing quite well in the stock market. But if, you, if you're just investing in the S&P 500, you're just tracking the index. So you, you mm-hmm. won't actually, you won't ever beat the market, but you'll be growing mm-hmm. your money. So this is generally lower risk. Right, okay. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah, I think it's, indexes are also something to, to look into. But uh, I would say the best case scenario is try to spread out more so have a bit in index have a bit in stocks uh trying to spread out as much but of course depending on 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 who's listening and of course your risk appetite and how much money you you have available to 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 invest uh Mm -hmm. it it comes to a different question basically so how do you normally spread your money then like how do you when you get get your paycheck like how do you manage your money in terms of how you save it and how you invest it in in the stock market usually i would say i'd set myself a target to at least invest half uh of what you get but sometimes i know um it's not not really doable so I would say if you can try to do 50% of your, your income, if not in anywhere between sort of 25, 30%, uh, it's okay. And again, when I say invest, it doesn't, doesn't mean sort of putting everything in the stock market. Uh, something simple like a ISA, lifetime ISA, mm-hmm. that's, that's an investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, savings account, even okay, you get what, 1%, maybe less than 1% interest. It's still, it's still your money still growing, still, still relatively mm-hmm. safe. Um, commodities such as gold, mm-hmm. maybe Bitcoin, just a hedge against mm-hmm. inflation. So uh, spread out. It doesn't matter if you think, oh, it's only 200 bucks, it's not going to make make a difference no 200 bucks if you compound an interest for five ten years that, that's going to come out to some useful sum later on as well well it's interesting that you mentioned compound interest i've always been curious about that because people always talk about if you put like say 200 pounds in your vanguard so that's what i'm using um in your s&p 500 over like 30 40 years you'll get like close to a million dollars or whatever so how does that work because i've been tracking my s&p 500 and so far i only make 60 bucks so how does that how does that end up being a million dollars well the thing the thing about compound interest is it's 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 about the long game so there's one thing when people generally talk about 
hedging into ETFs. This this mainly relates more towards index as you as you're investing uh, ETF and also mutual funds because these are lower risk investments uh, and they and they try to grow sort of let's say four percent five percent a year six percent a year uh, in one year you won't you won't get a lot of money so what a hundred pounds invested will get you back six pounds a year a thousand will get you back sixty pounds a year roughly which is not not much to be honest people look at it and no it's not not too much but you have to understand it's six percent a year for the next maybe 10 15 20 years and if you add that six percent each and every year and of course the market will go up go down on average you'll still be making a lot more and the compound interest really kicks in if you look for the long term so uh this is one of those if you're looking for compound interest investments i would say it's 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 best to save money so probably put a hundred pounds 200 pounds in in this in this investment of yours and just forget about it and 10 years later open that account back and well that's going to be quite a healthy sum for you um to use later on yeah so you just need to be really consistent in like putting your money in it is this this the same idea as dollar cost average you put no dollar cost averaging yeah it's slightly different dollar cost averaging is you want to buy something but you don't want to put it or let's say if you have ten thousand dollars and you want to invest in let's say bitcoin bitcoin is probably a good example for dollar cost averaging right now it's about 54 55,000 uh, a coin and you have $10,000 and you say okay I'm going to put in 10,000 right now everything into bitcoin well if bitcoin goes up you earn a lot yes but bitcoin doesn't mm-hmm. always go up it goes the, the volatilities are very high so in the end you, you get tied to one single price but let's say if you have $10,000 and you split it into 1,000 each so you have 10, 10 sort of buying um, sort of transactions you buy one at 54 it goes down you buy another it goes up you buy another but on average when you when you average out all the 10 transactions you made usually speaking you can actually have a lower weighted average but by that time bitcoin would already have gone up a bit more so it's it's a lower risk way of hedging in a let's say a volatile market more volatile market you can also use the same uh, rationale in the stock market because usually what people do is oh you buy high and then the markets crash and then you sell and then you make a loss mm-hmm. but what you don't understand is if you don't sell you don't actually make the physical loss it's, it's just numbers yes when, it, when it's red you, you some people sort of don't like to see it when it's too red but over time the stock market will always recover so when it's, let's say the pricing drops 50 percent, you you buy another tranche you you drag down your previous purchase price so over time the final price you bought that stock will be lower than what the stock will be later on in the future so that's the sort of dollar cost averaging um mm. idea yeah so basically trying to spread out your buying in price over a period of time in order to lower your weighted average so instead of like for for example putting in ten thousand dollars like you said in like my S&P 500 i would just put in 200 pounds every year every month for say the next five years and then it will somehow like dollar cost average it as well right i guess what i'm getting from this is that stock investment is all about long term then like looking things in like the next 30 40 years and not just the thinking of putting in like a certain sum amount of money hoping that it rises and then pulling your money out i mean if you're a professional of course you can do it like you can sell anytime like if you're yeah no no i'm not i'm definitely not a professional but yeah i agree i agree with jessica so there's no right or wrong again it just depends on your strategy so if you if you're saying a young person just entering the stock and uh the the stock market or just getting his first paycheck and thinking what to invest it depends on what his goal is if you just want to plan for retirement you want you want to have financial stability there's there's a lot of ways to plan out what you want in life but yeah stock market generally i would say depends on how you play there's intraday traders professionals who you know look at the screen every every minute of the day they make large volumes mainly sort of like hedge funds or the big 
investment bankers, they do this. For for retail investors, I would say more often than not, you're probably looking into more long-term rather than short-term. Because short-term, mm-hmm. yes, you, you it's high reward, high risk, high reward. Um, best case, again, GameStop. Uh, the people who, who first started the, the subreddit, they made hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, because they bought at sort of um, $40, $16, maybe GameStop, $18. And now it's what, $200, $250. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is, it's possible. But more often than not, I think you, you'll find yourself more on the long, long game. I always think like if you really want to make money in like stock investments, you have to make that your life. You honestly have to keep track of different markets every day, wake up early exactly. and look at what Japan is doing, look at what US is doing. Like it's just like it, it will take over your life if you want to make money out of it. But for me personally, I'm not there yet. And this leads to my next question. For somebody who is interested in investing in the stock market but don't know where to start, where would you recommend them to find the resources and where would you oh, recommend okay. them yeah, to I look agree. for so, information? To be honest, now it's it's easier than ever. It's easier than ever. I mean, if you compare to the 70s and 80s where you, you need really access to a professional stockbroker which charges you a commission, compared to now, yeah, it's 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 easier than any point in history in, in participating stocks and in, in investing for, for, for retail investors. Uh, and to make things better, it's there's a lot of free info that you don't have to pay for a specialized subscription. You don't need to pay the Financial Times for, for a specialized subscription or Bloomberg. There are so many free info out there. Um, I would probably recommend having a look at The Motley Fool um, UK. That's pretty good. Uh, but even something as simple as investing.com, um, that also provides you a lot. Investopedia, yeah. There's a lot of um, sources out there. Even Reddit, actually. I'm a big fan of Reddit as well. And you do have a lot of good stuff, Reddits, talking about finance and people who actually are very knowledgeable start to post there. I mean, Wall Street bets. I know it's it's famous for another mm-hmm. thing now, but they're they're also very knowledgeable people talking about it. So I would say when it comes down, do your own research. Uh, try to simple simple thing is just to Google. You get most info from there. Try some of these social um, sort of platforms. I mean, Reddit probably a good example here. But even Facebook mm-hmm. uh, or LinkedIn, you you have also sort of uh, private groups you can sort of join. Or if you have friends, family who who know about it, um, feel free to to ask. But at the end of the day, don't get swayed. So I would really, really strongly recommend don't get swayed. So if you oh you must get into GameStop or you must get into Tesla, no, do your own research. Make sure you know what you're investing before investing, and don't FOMO. So don't don't fear missing out. There's always opportunities. In the market, when when Zoom went yeah. up and crashed, people were saying, "Oh, that that's it. I, I lost my chance to get rich." No, I mean, GameStop came afterwards. Now oil is here, so there's always plenty of opportunities in, in the stock market. You just know, you just need to know where to look. So, what what are the basic knowledge, like the fundamentals that you need to have to invest? Like, what sort of because I think we're living in a crazy world right now. Like, I think it's really hard for for like newbies to invest so what's what's the basic knowledge that we need to like for newbies like us need to know i think no one really starts out sort of like a like a pro and anyone who tells you like he starts out as a pro unless he's already in the stock market himself then no i i i generally believe everyone sort of researched their way up i would say read as much as possible Mm-hmm. Uh, about the stock market before entering some of these stock brokerages online stock brokerages they usually have like a like a demo platform or like a you know they give you like a training platform where you don't use actual money and you can sort of see how the stocks goes mm-hmm. i will really research about these brokers so check the fees do something really basic that's number one afterwards read up about the different stocks you want to invest what the market's doing um, trying to read the headlines in the news, like the like the business pages on I don't know BBC, CNN, MSNBC, etc. 
make sure you generally know what the general economy is looking at as well and before sort of putting money into the market and don't put money just because your friend is doing it as well but of course take their advice as well maybe they know something maybe they've been in longer than you always i would say a willingness to always learn and a willingness to always ask ne- never think that question is stupid there's no such thing as stupid questions any question will lead you to yourself to grow as an investor and you've got to ask more questions to grow more basically i think that's all the questions we have for investments let's move on to like bitcoins and cryptocurrencies in general just to start off with what do you think of them in general how do you feel towards bitcoins and cryptos personally i think uh, i'm a big fan of, of cryptos but even then i'm i'm not entirely sure if if they if they have a potential or not it's it's getting traction so you know a lot of the big banks now have um crypto divisions coin divisions jp morgan goldman sachs all of them are starting to look at it bitcoin generally is i would say a decentralized form of currency basically and you never know when governments will start to sort of regulate it tax it anything like that you never know governments can can be a bit sort of a mm-hmm. uh, undecisive or very volatile wait, wait so it's not tax oh, no not yet not now not now but yeah it's it's really hard because it's so new a lot of the old laws or the old financial laws they, they don't even know how to react to to bitcoin so when okay. when it bursts onto the scene basically many governments don't know what to do with it okay. governments don't like it because they can't control it but of course there's also the act the factor that you know some people link bitcoin or some other cryptos with money laundering because of the right. anonymity behind it so i mean that you can there's a lot of points to look at it but at the end of the day i, I look at it at three points basically number one do you believe in a technology, uh, blockchain technology, which I think is the future, definitely. So that, that ticks. Uh, number two, does it hold value? Yes, over over a period of time, it's it's, it's outperformed gold and outperformed uh, the stock market by quite a bit, especially the four was what, 10, 8,000, 8, 8, now it's 54, 55. Uh, some people think it can breach 100K in the future. No one knows. But it's it's good to hedge against sort of inflation because when you have inflationary worries, especially now with the US printing money, the Europe printing money, everyone's printing money to to get us out of COVID, you tend to sort of look for sort of a tangible assets or inflation proof or inf- assets. So gold, Bitcoin, stuff like this will usually come into into play. But now you, you do see a lot more of the younger generation of investors preferring Bitcoin over gold. So maybe it still, it still can hold value after that as well. So problem with Bitcoin is it's so volatile. So, I mean, it can go to 100K, but in equally, it, it can go back down to, to, to 1K, 2K. No, no one knows. Uh, it all depends on, on buying interest. But the big thing uh, which Bitcoin has going for it, I would say there's, a, there's going to be a finite amount of it. So at the end of the day, there's only going to be, I think, 21 million. So this is off the top of my head, probably not going to be too accurate, but 21 million coins that's that's a maximum so there won't be any more coins later on so once you have a finite supply mm-hmm. but increased demand Early. it increases mm-hmm. The chances of that particular commodity increasing in price so that's basically the the, the backbone of it yeah because yeah. i think it works the same as the idea of printing money as well like the more money you print the less value it becomes so if you have an infinite amount of bitcoins then everybody can have bitcoins and exactly like, how what, what do you measure the value against then exactly. there's no amount to it I'm and it's not backed by any government. The reason, the only reason why we like money, that piece of paper, which is money, is because the government backs that value. So there's a reason why if yeah. I give you 10 Thai baht and I give you 10 US dollars, you're going to take the US dollar, not the baht. But in reality, mm-hmm. they're both pieces of paper. Yeah. yeah, thank you for not using rupiah as an example. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so that, that's the that's the sort of the the difference between it. So there's a reason why okay. some currencies are more because you as a consumer value the backing that currency has. Yeah. So just for anyone that is not familiar with Bitcoin, if they have been living in a cave or something, what is actually Bitcoin and what is what is cryptocurrency? Can you explain to us further? Well, it's it's hard to explain it in in sort of layman terms, but basically. Bitcoin is the the king of, of cryptocurrency, but there are so many other coins that I, I, I can't even keep track how many coins are there. You, you got you got relatively large market capitalizing coins like Ethereum, ETH, um, you got uh, Ripple, um, you got Binance coin now, but you also got like Dogecoin, Meme coin. You got a lot of these other coins as well, which are probably don't hold any value, but they're, they're being driven up by again retail retail investor interests, uh, meme interests, uh, and generally hype. So it's most coins generally have one thing to do, and just to sort of raise money for a particular project. Each, no 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 two coins sort of operate uh, on the same, but but they all generally have the same ideas that they tend to be a bit more decentralized uh, compared to others. Some some coins are really specialized, like Monero, uh, that generally is a bit more privacy conscious. Got Ethereum, which operates on a different technology with BTC. And you got sort of Ripple, which is actually owned by the Ripple Corporation. Uh, and they produce the coins. And I think Ripple doesn't have a, a finite number. It's actually infinite depending on the depending on the company who produces it so there's a lot of different coins to look into but if generally if you're looking at the if you're looking to enter the cryptocurrency now i say it's probably safer if you stick to the more established coins like bitcoin yeah bitcoin eth probably uh maybe bitcoin cash but i would say bitcoin generally is the gold standard of of the crypto world okay that's very Um, interesting where do you trade the cryptocurrencies then do you use Trading two one two, Etoro, or I don't think they have. Is it Coinbase that you can use to? Yeah, there's actually similar to stocks. There's so many other coin exchanges on the market right now. Uh, personally, I use Binance for coins. I don't usually use the the stock exchanges, so Trading two one two or Etoro for coins because their spreads are quite large. Mm. So, well, it's not not their fault because you don't pay a commission anyway for trading. So that's how they make the money. But I generally use specialized coin exchanges when I when I invest in in cryptos because I think it's it's best to again diversify slightly so you don't want to put all everything in just one sort of account. If you interested to sign up for a trading app you can sign up for trading to one two and hit me up for referral because <laughs> then we both get a new we both get a new share so my friend referred this app to me and i got a free share of snapchat and it was valued like 13 dollar i think and it went up to 50 dollar now it's a shame that i didn't buy any when i got referral because i thought that was a shit stock and now it worth so much so oh another question i want to is would you recommend people to save up like putting their money in bank account or would you encourage them to use the money on investments Um, again depending what they need it for so uh, i'm always in favor to be a bit safer so a bit more conservative do put in something you're comfortable with in case of emergencies in case sort of oh your car break down you need you need a sudden lump sum and i think this is where the credit card comes mm. in quite important so you always get that credit credit line there uh but most often than not especially in low interest environments like uk now or even in malaysia now the interest is so low no i don't think it makes much sense to 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 keep it in the banks and you're basically just putting money in the bank and the bank will use that money and reinvest and make money on themselves so why not take that money out 
you make money yourself, and when the interest rate starts to go up, you put it back in the bank later on. That's that's an interesting theory that most of the people won't think think about or relate to. So yeah, I guess even when you mention having a lump sum of money for emergency as well, it is very important, I think, to have an emergency fund in place for every single person because you never know what will happen in your life. It's just to yeah to save for rainy days, like you said, if your car breaks down and you need to pay money for that. Or touch wood, you you lose your job or something. I think mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong, yeah. um, I've read that you need to have at least like three to six months of living expenses to exactly. have in your easy access savings account, so that in case something happens with your life or your you know like your situation, then you have that money to fall back on, and you're not like running around homeless basically. <laughs> So yes, yeah. Exactly. So I exactly. think that's very important as well, especially with somebody who is just starting out in their career. It's all new. It's all yeah. exciting. It's very easy to give into temptations and buy Chanel's and buy Dior's and go go party all the time and just blow all your income off. It's it's very important to put some money aside as well to. It's just so that you can sleep better at night as well. I feel, mm-hmm. isn't it? And one thing that I do as well is to have sinking fund. So, do you know what sinking fund is? Yeah. Just so sinking fund is like basically saving for a particular thing. Say, for example, you want to save for a holiday, and you budget probably like one thousand pounds for your holidays. For example, if your holiday is in a year's time, that means that you have about ten to twelve months to save for your. Holiday and you just aim to save about like hundred pounds a month, and by the time your holiday comes, you will have that money to spend for your holiday. So that's thinking fun. So that's what I do as well. Kind of if I know that there's big expenses that are coming up in my life, for example, if I'm saving up for a holiday or my car insurance, I will set up thinking funds so that when the time comes that I have to pay these big lump sums of money, I'm not terrified because mm-hmm. I know that I have this money in place for that purpose. Mm-hmm. That's actually very smart because I never thought of that.、Yeah. And because I have a credit card, I have Amex, and I always spend so much money on Amex. And by the time I need to pay the bill, I was like, "Fuck! Why did I spend so much?" <laughs> so I think that's a common problem that everyone's facing right now. Because well, whoever that has um credit card would be facing. So is credit card a good idea then? What do you guys think? I think it's it's it can be good and it can be bad. So bad, you get tempted. You see if you have like a five k limit, ten k limit. Oh, let's go out. Let, let let's swipe it.、Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can. But you also have to understand that for most credit cards, particularly Amex, the APR is extremely high.、Mm-hmm. So you you be paying twenty nine percent, thirty six percent. I think for Amex, you can even go up to fifty plus percent、uh, APR if you don't pay back on time. So that's the that's a bad case. But I'm also a big fan of credit cards because it does give you. Number one, credit line for emergencies, which is very very useful. Number two, more importantly, it gives you safety because the money you spend is not your own money; it's the bank's money.、Mm-hmm. So rather than if you have like a debit card and a credit card together, try to spend more on the credit card because on the debit card, at the end of the day, that's your own money.、Mm-hmm. So put it in the bank, let it earn interest or invest it.、Uh, credit card, you're just spending the bank's money, and you you don't even have to pay the whole amount right away. Of course, you have to pay interest if you don't pay the whole balance each month. But let's just say, if, example again, COVID. You you booked a flight ticket April 2020. You're going to the US,、um, let's say ticket was five hundred pounds. Return suddenly, COVID hit. Travel restrictions come in. Boom, and the airlines are not responding to your emails for like six weeks. If you use your debit card, then oh, that's five hundred pounds, which is a useful sum. 
personal useful sum. But if you use a credit card, the onus can be on the credit card company to chase back that, that amount. You can raise it with the company. And generally, particularly for like very good customer service credit cards like Amex, um, they handle the situation very, very well. And you don't take the risks on yourself. So you have like a like a layer between you uh, and the money spent. So it's useful. But again, you've got to be careful. For the longest time, I've always been afraid of signing up for a credit card because I just I was afraid whether I would be able to um, control my spending or not. Because it feels like you're just swiping a plastic and doesn't feel like anything, especially now with like tapping. You just tap, tap, tap and yeah. it doesn't even feel like you're spending money. And then at the end of the month, you look at the bill and you're like, oh my God, how, how did I spend that much amount of money? But I totally agree with Henry. There are some rewards that you just don't get with credit cards, not just rewards, like protections as well. So for now, um, I, I have credit cards, so I have Amex as well. And what I do is that every time I've spent something, I will pay it back straight away before like the the end of my statement is due. I know it's not the best because then it's not building credit as much. But I think for me right now, it's better for me to not be out of control with my spending. So I still treat it like a debit card. It's just a matter of taking that extra step to pay it back from my debit card. So I find that that has helped me kind of manage my spending mm-hmm. habit as well. And, sure. um, and that allows me to have credit cards and build credits and improve my credit score because mine is the cashback one so I can earn cashback as well so that's always good and like Henry say with flights as well a good very good example I had my flight cancelled and I was able to get my money back from Amex within like maybe a day or two days they are they are so good again Amex sponsor us <laughs> yep and just to give another example on the other side i actually made the complete opposite so this is the reason why i gave that example i went with a debit card for my flight ticket i only got my money back after four months so wow what yeah. was it like an expensive That's... ticket luckily it wasn't too expensive it was um budapest london okay. but yeah four months is still yeah it's crazy four months so yeah cool. i think they're just hoping that you'll forget about it and not chase it up because that's yeah, I know. So long. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, Henry, do you have anything you want to add? Any advice? Any tips for youngsters out there, or even like young adults that has been working for a few years? What wisdoms can you impart on us? <laughs> impart. Well, I would say again, very general. Um, do start out early. The earlier you start, the sooner you reap the benefits of investment, and try to again look not just look at as as a get rich quick scheme think of it as number one something to provide you alternative finance to begin with maybe later on if you're doing very well it can give you financial stability worst comes to worst okay investing is not cut out to you 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 didn't make too much money after 10 20 years but then again 10 20 years later that's again going to be a very very nice uh, fun for you if you want to go on holiday you want to get another house etc etc there's always all all sort of ways to look at it as well that's number one number two don't put everything in one basket. Don't think, okay, I'm just going to put everything um, in one stock or two stocks. Try to diversify to sort of plan for different circumstances. Okay, 2020, you got COVID. Next time, we don't know when the next crash is going to be. We don't know when inflation is going to rise. Try to divide up your portfolio to actually account for most of it. So high risk a little bit, low risk a little bit, medium risk a little bit. Try spread out a bit of your portfolio, plan for inflation, have a bit of gold, maybe something like that to just sort of cover that. So again, look out for all possibilities, pay attention to the news, do your research, read into what you're investing first before making decisions. Uh, And of course, if you can later on, always look at real estate probably uh, as another form of comfort. So 
treat investment not as a not not like a hundred meter sprint. It's more like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's going to be forty fifty mile run. Don't sprint the first hundred meters and then you get tired halfway there. Start slow, continue, and you know even if you don't get number one in the in the race, you still completed the marathon. So you you still win either way. Yeah. Yeah, and stay hydrated. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good by listening to this I podcast it that way yeah yeah oh and don't forget to subscribe as well to better your financial health <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much henry for joining us today in the podcast thank you for your words of wisdom so like i think i really benefited a lot from what you have said if you want to hear more from henry let us know comment yes. and let us know um and give us review and tell us what you think subscribe follow and like us on apple podcast and spotify share it with your friends i think this episode should be quite beneficial for everyone follow us on our instagram page two kills in the pod and we'll see you then on the next episode bye 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 <laughs>